Good morning, everyone. Uh, what a unique uh, Sunday it is for us to gather together. Um, you are sitting in your home, uh, maybe by yourself or with your family and with your kids, and uh, we're used to kind of being in the space that I'm sitting in right now, um, but this is a different kind of a Sunday, and so uh, the best that you can, I want to pray that you would just embrace this time. Um, they've called this uh, social distancing, um, but it doesn't mean that we have to worship distantly. Um, we are collectively together as a body um, who are meeting uh, all around the Ashland area and some gathered uh, areas as well. And so um, we pray that uh, the Lord would meet you uh, in your space this morning. And uh, as we uh, gather together in this kind of uniqueness uh, of, of this morning, um, we just pray uh, that you and your family connect well. Um, that you as an individual would connect well and that this would just be a, a platform or maybe even a catalyst uh, for you to experience the Lord in a newness, um, uh, a, a way that maybe you haven't for a while. Um, but as we get ready to kind of dive into this morning and we open God's word together, I want to pray. Um, just, I mean, because this is, right? It's just, a, it's, it's a weird kind of a Sunday. We don't do this. We gather together. And so let's just pray that he would bless our time together and uh, that uh, he would meet us here. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much. Thanks that we get to open up your word and we get to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, um, that although we don't get to physically meet in uh, all in the same space together as a collective um, little seed church, uh, Father, your big seed church is all around the world right now in different ways, uh, worshiping you, uh, serving in ways that are honoring you, uh, Father, you're doing things uh, beyond our perspective and beyond our scope, and so uh, we are uh, going to lean into your sovereignty uh, this morning. We're going to lean into your ability uh, to lead us. We're going to in, uh, lean into your ability uh, to meet us in our homes and in our worship spaces uh, and with the people that we have around us. And so would you take this time that we have, this unique time, and do a fantastic work in us through your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, as I said, this is a uh, unique kind of Sunday, and so what I want you to do uh, before we get ready to dive into God's Word together, I want you to look around the room that you're in uh, right now. Um, there are people, uh, maybe you're, you're worshiping by yourself or you're worshiping with others in the room. If you have the privilege to worship with others in the room, I, I want you to look at them and understand that right now in this moment that they are on a journey uh, with you. And so as you look at them, I want you to say these words. Who's with me matters. Okay, go, go ahead, take, take a second to say that, right? Who's with me matters. And to follow that up, I want you to say these words. Thank you for being on the journey with me. Thank you for being on the journey uh, with me. I, I want you to think about that idea of being on a journey or being on a, a trip. If you're going on a trip, um, who you travel with or what you travel with and what you bring along with you and who you bring along with you, that really matters, doesn't it? Now, it really doesn't matter sometimes uh, if you leave something behind. If you leave something behind, maybe you'll miss it if you've got good people around you. If the people around you aren't like annoying and uh, they're not uh, a bear to be around, you, you can forget the fact that you left some things. Now, it's another thing if you bring everything along with you that you would ever need, but the people that are around you are just absolutely annoying and they're just bears to be around with, right? Like, come on. Like, it's hard to be around difficult people. The people around you make a difference. The people around you, they, they matter. 
uh, when I was in basic training uh, a long, long time ago, um, there was an obstacle that we had to do at, at, the, end of our, at the end of our training. And it was kind of like a rite of passage. And if, if you passed it, um, you, you got to go on to graduation. And so everybody wanted to go on uh, to graduation and to be able to see their parents and be able to say, hey, we made it. We are now uh, a soldier in the United States Army. Uh, but this deal was you had to go out for, for three nights. You had to go out for three days, a three-day journey. And you had to march 10 miles. And now the 10 miles in and of itself is not a big deal. The three nights in and of itself is really not that big of a deal. But the things that you're doing along the way and the people that you're with kind of make the difference. And so as, as you're out, like we're staying up all throughout the night, it's kind of like a sleep deprivation kind of a deal. We're out digging foxholes in places that there probably shouldn't be foxholes. We're eating things that, that are just ridiculous things uh, to eat. Um, we've got this huge backpack, this rucksack that's on our back as we're marching these 10 miles. And it really has everything that you could ever think about needing inside of uh, that backpack. And so they, they take you out in the middle of nowhere and you just kind of hike and eventually you know exactly where you're going. You know what the goal is. You just want to get to the end so you can get to graduation. And, and you've got really everything that you need there in your backpack. But it's the people that are on the journey with you that, that made, it, uh, made the difference for me. Um, I had this guy who was uh, part of my group, and guys, he was annoying beyond no end. Like this guy just like got under my skin, he got under my nerves, I'm just going to be honest about that. Uh, and he complained the entire time, my feet hurt, my back hurts, how much further is this going to be? This pack is way too heavy. And I thought, oh my gosh. What is going on? Like, dude, like, how did you even get into the army? Like, all you were doing is crying this entire time. You've been complaining this entire time. Are you kidding me? You're killing me right now. But then I had this other guy who was with me. He's probably one of the funniest dudes I've ever met in my life. He's one of those guys, you know, like, if, if you look at him, you just kind of laugh, not because they're funny looking, but because they're just funny. They make funny faces. They make funny gestures. Uh, the words that they say, no matter what they say, they can say ketchup, and somehow you end up laughing at that. He was one of those guys that just makes the journey uh, that much more fun because you laugh along the way. His name was Private Daniel Sitterly, and everything that he would do, like was just hilarious. Guess who, wanted I, guess who I wanted to march with uh, for those 10 miles? You think I wanted to march with Mr. Cry all day? Or uh, did I want to march with Private Daniel Sitterly? I wanted to march with Sitterly. The people around you make all the difference. What I want you to do right now is I want you to open up your Bibles, okay? And I want you to turn them to Philippians chapter 3. We've been in Philippians uh, for a while, but we're going to look in Philippians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 17. Uh, if you're there and you don't have a Bible in your room, um, I want you to, to get maybe close, in, in close proximity, stay, stay safe, right? Get in close proximity where maybe you can look over somebody's shoulder, kind of lean in and see what they're reading. Uh, moms, dads, uh, if you've got kids in the room, go ahead and help them uh, find Philippians 3 in their Bible too, if they've got one with them, or allow them to find it in your Bible, and then uh, we'll read together in, in just a bit. Uh, but as you're uh, turning there, I want you to think about where we've uh, been uh, over the past uh, couple of weeks and the, uh, the, what we've been talking about. Because we, we've been talking about this idea of kind of pressing in and pursuing after Jesus. We, we've said over and over and over again, the greatest ambition that we'll ever have in our lives is to know Jesus. I'll say it again. 
The greatest ambition that we'll ever have in our lives is to know Jesus. And we've said that it's not about knowing facts, right? It's not about stuffing more knowledge into our minds and and, and into our heads. It's about this idea of, I am going to pursue hard after Jesus, and I'm not going to let anything hold me back. I'm, I'm I'm going to move in after him, and I'm going to follow him in a very real and a tangible way so that I have this walk of faith with Jesus. It's almost like we could say that we have a journey with Jesus, right? And Paul has said uh, last week in the beginning parts of chapter 3, he said, I press on. I press on, and I strain forward in this journey of, of knowing Jesus. And, and he used the image of a race. He's like, I, I press on like a runner in a race, and I can't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I see the finish line, and at the finish line, I see the prize, and I'm going hard after that. I'm not looking at the things that are behind me because I might slow down. I'm not looking at the good things. I'm not looking at the bad things. There is nothing that is going to prohibit me from going after the prize that's out in front of me. If I look back, maybe I slow down. If I look back, maybe I trip. If I look back, maybe I end up tripping other people up. And so I'm going to run hard after Jesus, and I can't be stopped. And the question that we posed last week, and and it's still a question that we have this week, is is how, right? How do we move after Jesus? How do we press in and strain after Jesus? Well, one of the the greatest things that we'll ever do is is choose who our trail mates are going to be. Let me say that again. One of the greatest things that we'll ever do as followers of Jesus is choose who our trail mates are going to be. Because a good trail mate, somebody that we're journeying along with, a good trail mate is always going to lead you back to Jesus. A good trail mate is going to help you keep your eyes fixed on the prize, your eyes fixed on Jesus. A good trail mate is always going to lead you back to Jesus. Some trail mates that we pick up along the way, they're going to complain the entire time. My feet hurt. My back hurts. There's so much in my pack. When are we going to get there? And they're going to complain so much that they're going to seek the comforts of this world. They're going to seek to have the comforts of this world so that they can make this life easier for themselves and dive in to everything that this world has to offer. But there are some trail mates that are going to lead you to pursue Jesus in such a way that it doesn't matter what the cost is. It doesn't matter what the consequences are going to be. They're going to lead you to push hard after him. And so one way that we press into Jesus is to choose good trail mates that are going to lead us to keep our eyes on him. When you're tired and when you're weary, a good trail mate is going to help you keep your eyes on Jesus. When the pack on your back is getting so heavy and, and you may feel like you've got everything in there that you need, or maybe you may feel like the pack is a little bit lighter than you like, and you don't have everything in there that you need, or it's just a burden on you. When the pack is beginning to feel a little bit too much for you, a good trail mate is going to lead you to keep your eyes on Jesus. When social distancing is kind of kicking you in the tail, right? <laughs> when, when we have to do church the way that we're doing church right now, or when you, you can't go to work because you don't know if you've got a job, or you don't know if unemployment is going to kick in for tomorrow or, or not. A good trail mate is going to help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. When you don't know if there's going to be anything at the grocery store that, that you can get, or if you don't know if you've got money to get things at the grocery store, if the TP is all gone when you show up at the grocery store, a, a good trail mate is going to help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and not get caught, get caught up in all the fear and all the angst 
and, and all the turmoil that, that this particular time that we're walking through right now could, could lend us towards. A good trail mate is going to help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and running for the prize that Paul's been talking about in chapter 3. So choose people that are chasing hard after Jesus. Listen to the words that Paul says here, starting in verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. Now, Paul's already given all kinds of examples here in the letter to the Philippians. He's given them Epaphroditus. He's given them Timothy. He's given them Jesus. And he's put himself even up as an example. And he says, follow men such as these. But also, keep your eyes on men who are running like this. Look at verse 18. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. What Paul says here is that there are trailmates that you want to follow and that there are some trailmates that you want to kind of leave behind, and it's a good thing to know the difference. Who do I want to follow, and who do I want to leave behind? Here, here's the kind of a trailmate that you want to follow. You, you want a trailmate who will consistently lead you back to Jesus, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the pain is, no matter what the joys are, no matter what's at stake, a good trailmate is always going to lead you back to Jesus, no matter what. And so Paul says, keep an eye on those who are pursuing hard after Jesus. Find those people, and you do what they're doing. Now, something that Paul isn't saying here, he's not saying be a copycat, okay? He's not saying find somebody and just kind of do exactly what they do. He's not saying kind of be a parrot and just kind of say back what the other person is saying, and that's going to change anything. Because that's not going to really make a difference, right? Because we're, we're all different. Like, we're wired differently. You sitting right there right now, you're wired differently than I am. And you're gifted in different ways than I am. And, 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 and we're gifted and wired in different ways than somebody who's sitting in another home right now is wired. In. And so it's not about perfectly copycatting somebody else. What Paul is saying here is that you find people who are pursuing hard after Jesus. He says, do you see the passion with which they're running in? Grab a hold of that passion. Grab a hold of that chase that they have for Jesus. Grab a hold of that pursuit, and you pursue in the exact same way. You find men and women who are pursuing Jesus like that, and you follow that passion, and that passion is always going to lead you back to Jesus. Uh, whenever I'm counseling uh, a young couple who's thinking about getting married, I always give them homework. They always get homework. And one of the, the pieces of homework that I give uh, couples are, is I make them uh, look and, and find a, a couple who's a little bit further down the road, uh, kind of like a model couple that they look and they just see like, man, this couple is just killing it. Uh, they don't get everything right. They're not perfect. But man, he loves her and she loves him. And they are, they are chasing hard after one another. And not only they are chasing hard after each other, but they are going hard after Jesus too. And, and so I, I have the couples look for a, um, a down-the-road couple and say, hey, um, can we buy you dinner and just sit down and ask you questions? And if, they, if they're like, man, we can't afford dinner, I say, okay, ask them if you can buy them lunch. Or they say, well, I, we can't afford lunch. They say, okay, buy them a cup of coffee. But your goal is to sit down with them and you just ask them a thousand different questions so that they can give you a window into their marriage and so that you can have an example and a model to kind of begin to cast your marriage off of 
people who are running hard after the Lord in their marriage so that you could do the same. Now likewise, in your life, when you've come to Christ, in every season and in every stage of your life, it's important to have people in, in your life that you're, you're looking to as mentors or that you're looking to as examples also so that you can follow them. And, and listen to me, it's not just somebody who's cool, all right? Because the cool factor wears off after a while. And so whatever cool means for you, it's, it's, it's not just look for somebody who's cool. And, and it's not just look for somebody who looks like they've got their life all together. That, that's not what we're talking about here. You find somebody who when you see them, like when you look, there is no doubt in your heart and in your mind that they love Jesus. Like he is the centerpiece of their world. And everything that they do and every decision that they make, and, and, and the way that they spend their money, and the way that they spend their time, and the way that they cast their interest, man, it all has to do with something with Jesus. And if he doesn't get to be a part of it, then they're just questioning, like, should I be a part? You find somebody who is pursuing Jesus like that, and you get around people like that. You get around those kind of people who are running hard after Jesus, because they're going to make the journey that much more enjoyable. They're going to make the journey that much more memorable. Um, our, our own James here at Riverview, he, he likes to say this. He says, show me your friends. Show me your friends, and, and I'll show you your future, okay? Show me your trail mates, and I'll show you what your journey is going to be like. How true is that, right? The, the people in your life and the trail mates that you have on this journey um, they're going to make an influence in your life. They're going to make an impact in your life in ways that you're already aware of, and there's probably some ways that you're not aware of too. And so if that's true, man, it's so crucial, it's so critical to make sure that we have examples and mentors in our life that are pushing us and steering us towards Jesus to help keep our eyes fixed on Him and to keep our eyes fixed on the prize. What I want you to do right now in the room that you're sitting in, I want you to uh, kind of look around who are the trail mates that you have there in the room with you? Who are the people who are kind of on this journey with you? Are they pushing you towards Jesus? Are they, are they helping you keep your eyes fixed in on, on him? And you might be asking, well, what's that look like? What does it look like to keep your eyes on him? Here's what it looks like. In every season of your life, whatever stage of life that you're in, it's saying, you know what? Like, if, if I'm a young man who wants to pursue after Jesus, I say, man, I desire to be a young man with character and integrity who holds to the truths of Jesus. And, and I look around, and right now, I don't really have any of those influences in my life, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay not being influenced in a positive way. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, and I'm going to find a mentor. I'm going to find somebody to disciple me. I'm going to find somebody who is, who is chasing hard after Jesus or a peer who's going hard after Jesus so I can, I can kind of mirror and model my life after the passion that they have. Maybe you're a young lady right now who's sitting there and, and you're watching this with your friends and your, your family and, and you're just thinking, man, I want to be a young lady who is pursuing Jesus. I don't want to get caught up in all the drama of, uh, of these knucklehead guys who, are, you know, who, who want one thing or they want a couple different things. I don't want to get caught up in, in the girl drama, man. I want to be a gal who is after Jesus. I want him to be the sole desire and delight of my life, right? Maybe that's you right now as you're sitting there watching that and you say, I just don't have any of those peers. I don't have anybody in my life right now. And you just say, I'm not content with that. So I'm going to go and I am going to find somebody 
to pour into my life. I'm going to find a mentor. I'm going to find somebody to disciple me. I'm going to find somebody who helps me keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Maybe you're a young couple who's just got married and you say, man, we want a marriage that honors the Lord. Or you're an older couple who's kind of just kind of kicking this thing back in and you're kind of rebooting the whole system and you're saying, man, we just want a marriage that honors the Lord. I'm going to say, look for mentors. Look for examples around you. They may not be perfect. They may not have everything, uh, it, like, all, like all their ducks in a row. Everything may not be exactly as it should be, but you just know that they're just kind of getting after it, man. Like he loves her and she loves him and, and, and they're chasing after Jesus. You find those mentors and you bring them into your life. Get people into your world that help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And you ask them, can we spend time together with you? Uh, just a, a few weeks ago, I was realizing that I, I was kind of in this place of, uh, of discouragement. And, and I don't know, re- really know why I was there, but I was just realizing I'm a little more discouraged, or I was a little more discouraged than, than I'd, I'd like to admit or would, would like to be. And, and I know that I, I want to be a good husband uh, to my wife, and I want to be a good kid, or I want to be a good dad to my kids. And, and, and I was kind of looking around and, and kind of like scoping my life and, and realizing I didn't have anybody physically in my world right now that I was kind of watching them watch Jesus and do those sorts of things, like be a good dad, be a good husband, and just be a pursuer of Jesus. And, and so I said, I'm just not okay with that. And, and so I, I just, I started looking around and saying, who is it around me that's doing that? And, and, there, and there's a particular guy, um, like, he's doing that, man. Like, he's just killing it. He's, uh, he's loving his wife well, and, and, and I want to love my wife well. And he's loving his kids well, and, and I want to love my kids well. And he's leading them all extremely well, and they're growing, and they're, and they're loving the Lord too. And I was like, man, I want to do that. And, he's, and he himself is pursuing after Jesus. And I said, I just want to do that. And, and so I said, okay, just go ask him, Anthony. <laughs> what, I mean, the worst he could say is no. And, and so I, I went and talked to him. I said, hey, listen, um, I know you're a busy guy. I, I know you are. I know you've got a thousand things that you're doing right now but can we just kind of hang out consistently for a while? Because I want to grow, and, and I'm watching you, and I feel like I need to journey with you for a while. Can, can I come and just spend some consistent time with you? And you know what he said? He said, yes. He said, yes, come spend some time with me. When is it going to be? And so we're right now, we're kinda, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks, and so we're trying to figure out our schedules. But he wants to make it work, and I want to make it work, and I can't wait till we get to spend that time together. And you may be sitting there right now and be like, man, I agree with you. I, I agree, Anthony, that's a good thing. But there really isn't anybody in my life right now who's around me that's just kind of doing that. And, 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 it's, and it's not because I don't want to. Like I, I, like, I agree, like, this is a good thing. But I just can't find anybody who, who's doing that. <laughs> we're living at such an interesting time right now. Like, we're doing church online. You're sitting there, and I'm sitting here right? We're doing church online right now because we can't physically be in the same space, but technology is allowing us still to be having service together. And so technology right now can, can be our friend as, as we're searching for somebody to, to mentor us, right? And, and, and here's what I, I mean by that. There are all kinds of potential streams of influence in your life. There, there are um, uh, Instagram influences. There are Twitter influences. There are books that you're reading, there are podcasts that you're listening to that are potential influences and streams of influence in your life. 
And so the question is, like, who are you following on Twitter? <laughs> are they following after Jesus? Who are you following on Instagram? What are, the, what are the books that you're listening to? Who are the voices that, are giving, that you're giving access into your life? Like, who's getting to speak into you? I, I want to I challenge you. Follow people and find people who are going to lead you to Jesus. If your Instagram feed, if your Twitter feed is filled with nothing but negative and there is no Jesus in there, I want to challenge you to change up your Twitter feed. I want to challenge you to change up your Instagram. I'm going to challenge you to get some books in front of you uh, of people that, that can disciple you through their writing. Who are you following that's leading you to Jesus? Who are your trail mates? Who you follow and give a voice into your life is going to make a huge difference for you on this journey. You want a trail mate who is going to consistently lead you back to Jesus no matter what. They're going to keep your eyes on him. And so right now we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, right now, we're, church is a little bit different for us, and we have the potential to do uh, a few different things. And so um, in just a minute, I want you to hit the pause button on whatever device, whether it be your phone or your uh, computer or whatever device it is that you're using. I want you to get ready to hit pause. And, and with the people that you have in the room, or even if you're just by yourself, I want you to answer this question, right? Answer it for yourself, but I want you to dialogue in the group that you're a part of right now. Here, here's the question, okay? Who are my trailmates on the journey with me right now? Who are my trailmates on the journey with me right now? And then a follow-up question to that is, who needs to be on the journey with me? Who needs to be on the journey? Do I need to have a conversation with somebody? Do I need to change up some things? So for the next few minutes, what I'd love for you to do is just to spend some time dialoguing about those questions with your group. Uh, don't rush it. Uh, take, take time right? Um, we're, we, we've got all day. Uh, we're online, so that's how this is going to work. Uh, but when you're, when you're done, go ahead and push play, and then we'll get back into God's Word together, okay? So go ahead and push pause and have that conversation. Okay, welcome back. I hope that conversation went well uh, for you guys. Um, we're going to shift gears uh, just a little bit real quick, okay? Paul, he's just kind of showed us that a, a good trail mate is going to lead you to Jesus. They're going to cause you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. But there are some bad trail mates that, that can be deceptively fun for a season, that can begin to take our eyes away from Jesus, that can lead us to be kind of satisfied with far less than, than knowing Jesus. There are some trail mates that we can bring along with us that we, can help us kind of get complacent with, with just the here and the now and, and get wrapped up in the things of this earth rather than keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and keeping our eyes on eternity. And, and so as Paul writes this next section, starting in verse uh, 18, uh, I believe with all my heart that, that Paul is in tears here. Like he is, he is weeping over what he's getting ready to say. It's almost like as he's writing this, like he's sitting there with a pen in his hand and, and, and he's writing this letter to the Philippians. And, and it's almost like he's got tears that are rolling out of his eyes and they're kind of dripping down the, the bridge of his nose and falling down onto the pages that he's writing. There's just so much pain in, in Paul's voice here. I, I want you to hear it in verse 18. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
But Paul's saying is there are people that, man, I have boasted about in the past. And I have, I have pumped them up to you, maybe in letter or in person. And I have, I have pumped them up, but I, but I want you to know now that it was a facade. It was a fraud. They weren't who they said they were. They have turned their back on Jesus. They, they never really loved him to start with. And they have become enemies of the cross of Christ. And listen here in verse 19, how he knows that they've become enemies of the cross. Verse 19, their end is destruction their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. I want you to go ahead there and, and take a minute and, and underline those words, minds set on earthly things. Because Paul's going to contrast what, what earthly things are in verse 20 with this citizenship in heaven. Their minds have been, have been fixated on, on something that isn't belonging to Jesus. Their mind has been fixated on the things of this world that we'll talk about in, in just a second. In verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And I want you to go ahead and underline those words or circle those, do whatever you need to do to make those words pop off the page. But he is, because he's gonna contrast those words very sharply against the, the words in verse 19. It says, our citizenship is is in heaven. Our, our minds aren't set on the things of this world. The Lord has done a great work in us through his son, Jesus, and he's made us citizens of heaven. And so we've got this dual citizenship. And that's kind of hard for us to understand, right? That, that in Christ, that he has made us citizens of heaven. And so in some very real sense, we are seated in the heavenlies with, with the Father. We're seated there with Jesus. And in a very real sense, he's already perfected us as citizens of heaven. And so we have this place where we belong there, but at the same time, we live out that citizenship here on this earth. That's not our home. We live here, but this isn't our stopping place. We're here for a season, but our citizenship is in heaven. But the citizenship that we have in heaven should be impacting the way that we live here on this earth. And Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. See, there's coming a day when our heavenly citizenship is going to catch up with our earthly citizenship. Right now, he's transforming us. Right now, in the physical, to be more and more like his son, Jesus. He's transforming us, uh, Paul says uh, later in another letter, from one degree of glory to another. But there's coming a day when he's going to perfect our bodies to be like his heavenly body. But until that day, we're living that out here on this earth. We're taking what we know to be true of eternity as our citizenship lies there, and we're allowing it to impact how we live today. And what Paul says is this never became a reality for those that he writes about. They have become enemies of the cross of Christ. And so for the few moments that we have left, I think but before we lose the attention of, of the, the kiddos that may be in the room with you, if we haven't already uh, lost their attention yet, what I want to do is I want to try to give a, a quick illustration that I saw um, from, from uh, Pastor Francis Chan uh, a long time ago that I think helps us understand what Paul's talking about here. And so I'm going to pull this out here. Um, I'm holding uh, a rope in my hands. Hopefully you can see it well on, on the video. And... Uh, there's this little spot that I've taped off here, this black little spot 
And, and this little spot here is, is representative of our life, right? This little black spot, this is our life. And all of this white rope that's kind of still hanging over here, this is eternity. And, and what you'll notice is that there's a whole lot more eternity that's represented here in this rope than there is in this little piece of life. And what Paul's doing here is, is he's saying that there were some people that had broken his heart, so much so that it had brought him to tears. They had claimed the gospel, but instead of trusting the finished work of Christ on the cross, and instead of pursuing him, pursuing this life that is set in eternity, that has its, that's intended to be lived out in this part of our life, this little bit of life that we have, instead of pursuing after him, they built their lives just simply on this. They lived for this, like this was the end. Their God wasn't Jesus, it was their bellies, Paul says. They're satisfied by whatever they wanted. He said, I'll do whatever I want now. I'll go after whatever I want now. Nobody can tell me different. If I see it and I want it, I'm going to take it. If I see it and I want it, I'm going to have it. I'll do it. What Paul is saying is that they became a law unto themselves. There is no restraint in their lives whatsoever. Their stomach, their appetites, whatever that appetite was for, right? And I'll keep it G right now because I know there's kids in the room. Whatever those appetites were for, they just said, I'm not going to have any restraint in my life. I'm going after what I want right now, living like my life. This life that I'm walking right now is the only thing that I have to look forward to. Investing in this dot. They didn't pursue Jesus they pursued the cares of this world. And they became enemies of the cross, Paul says, with their minds set on earthly things. Some trail mates that we pick up along the way are gonna complain the entire way. My back hurts, my feet hurt, when are we gonna get there? They're gonna complain the whole way and in their complaining, they're going to look for the comforts of this world, and they're going to settle for building into this little piece, and they're never going to look at how eternity, their citizenship in heaven, is to be lived out here in this world now. They just won't let it impact. They're going to live for this little subsection of life, and some trail mates that we gather along the way, they're going to lead us to pursue Jesus no matter what the cost may be, right? They're going to understand that what happens in our citizenship in heaven should impact how we live today. They're going to help you keep your eyes on Jesus. They're going to lead you to walk with him. They're going to lead you to, if your life isn't lining up with what you've said to be true of you, with what the, 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 the stake and the claim that you've made on Jesus, what he's done in your life, if you're not living that way, they're going to point you back to Jesus. They're going to say, follow me as I follow Jesus. And as you follow them, you're going to be led into the presence of Jesus. See, the people we bring along the journey with us are going to help us focus on this little dot. They're going to help us focus on this little sliver of life and, and say, focus on today. Live for this moment. Or, or they're going to push you uh, to Jesus. They're going to push you to live in light of eternity. They're going to push you to live like this world is in our home. They're going to push you to live like we live for something bigger than just the here and the now, to be satisfied in him and to be saturated 
in him. What we're going to do right now is uh, we're going to um, hit pause again, okay? Um, you've still got your group. You've got your teammates there. You've got your trail mates who are walking this journey along with you. And you're going to hit pause, and, and, and I want you to dialogue about this question uh, again. Isn't this a fun time where we just kind of, we get to do, uh, you know, church reimagined a little bit? Like we can, we can hit pause and we can have a conversation. So uh, hit pause in just a second, and I want you to answer this question together as, as a group. How does knowing that this world isn't the end, how does it impact how you live today? I'll say it again. How does knowing that this world isn't the end, that we're citizens of heaven, that there's something beyond now, how does knowing that all this white rope is here, how does it impact how you live in this little, this little sliver of life that you have today? And then a follow-up question to that is, how does it impact who you follow? How does eternity impact who you're going to choose as your trailmates in this journey that we go on right now? I want to pray that your time with your group is fantastic. And so get ready to hit pause, answer those questions, and then when you're done, again, don't rush, come back when you're done hit play, and, and then uh, Tony is going to lead us in a song of worship. Um, but before we go there, let me pray for you and your time together. Lord Jesus, thanks again for the time that we've had. I pray for the conversation that's getting ready to happen right now. Would you enter into that space? Would you help people to be honest in that space? Would you give the opportunity to, to speak freely? Would you give the opportunity to press into you would you give the opportunity, Lord, to allow ourselves to be students of ourselves in such a way that we allow you to speak the truth into us? We want to be people who are pressing after you. We want to have good trail mates along the way that help us keep our eyes fixed on you. So as we talk right now, give us wisdom, give us insight, give us discernment, challenge us, discipline us, and where we fall. I pray that we would just press into you in all things right now. Let us live like this world is not our home, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.